This is Bentley Manning. And this is Kellen Day. This is a podcast brought to you by Church of the Incarnation in Highlands, North Carolina. This is... This is... This is... Empty Pews. All right, Kellen, I don't want to spend much time on this, but obviously we've been away from the podcast for a while now. But suffice it to say, it's great to be back. It's wonderful to kind of produce another show with you. Um, so yeah, hooray. I mean, this weekly ministry has just become an occasional ministry. That's okay. Um, I'm glad to be back too. So I've been doing a lot of like hanging out with kids on Monday morning. You have too. Um, we're doing preschool chapel now, which is honestly like a delight of my week. Um, the presence of like children, their curiosity, their wiggles, their um, sense of humor, their sort of innate uh, draw to ritual and liturgy is fascinating and wonderful. But I wanted to um, talk about a story that we haven't told. Um, both of us have sort of said, I want to use that in a sermon. Um, but maybe we should just offer it on the podcast. Yeah, we didn't discuss this before we started recording, but I think I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, during Lent, uh, there was a little kiddo from the preschool. No, it was a preschooler's little brother, so he's even littler. I missed that. He was like two and a half or three years old. But he was showing his mom around the church. They were just kind of exploring, and I think we were up in the parish hall getting ready for a Wednesday night program. Mm -hmm. And the little boy and is showing his mom around the church and they're commenting on a number of things and then i think they ask he asks if he can go into the main sanctuary well he yeah, he said i want to i want to look around the church and i said you should go in there pointing to the nave and then he asks us yeah then he asked the kind of important question he said is it beautiful which is a great question I mean, this is like a two and a half, three-year-old asking the exact right question and the exact right moment. Yeah, I mean, you all know that he could have said, is it good? Is it beautiful? Is it true? (laughs) He picked one of the three and he chose wisely. And he said, is it beautiful? (laughs) And I think we probably said something like, yes, but you you should go see. Yeah, that's exactly what we said. And he led his mom uh, into the space and then kind of an audible gasp. (laughs) <laughs> and turns around and looks at his mother and says, it is. <laughs> he kept saying, it is. It's so beautiful. And you're just going like, wow, wow. And then the part two, <laughs> Kellen, that I love about this story is that because it was Lent at the Church of the Incarnation, we have this big uh, altarpiece behind uh, the main altar in the sanctuary. Uh, but during Lent, uh, we put some doors on the altarpiece painting, some panels to cover it up, to veil it uh, during the 40 days of Lent. And we told him about this, that, you know, things were covered up, the cro- the silver crosses are veiled, uh, things are a bit muted. And he just kind of kept saying over and over again, well, we have to come back at Easter. We have to come back at Easter. We then walked out of the sanctuary And he was like kind of a little evangelist. He looked down at the kids that were playing just below us in the yard outside. We opened the doors at the balcony and he kept telling the kids that they needed to come back at Easter to see the beautiful 
the beautiful church. <laughs> it was great. That was great. I, yeah. I, I hope he's come back. I haven't seen him yet. But it was... It sort of opened my heart in an unexpected way on a Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Um, and, yeah, I've just been really drawn to the way that um, children can do that. Like, they just sort of have this openness to beauty and the holy, and uh, they're really eager to see and discover God in your midst. Um well, can I say, Kellen, I do think, um, I, I mentioned these transcendentals, the good, the beautiful, and the true, as kind of a ways in which we understand God's very being, um, the source of beauty, truth, and goodness, that which is good, beautiful, and true is, is exactly who God is. Um, I think we live in a world now where... Um, Folks are probably not too persuaded by a preacher telling them what's good. Um, and I'm unsure that people care much about the truth anymore, just generally. Uh, but that which is beautiful, I think, still has the capacity and ability uh, to change our hearts, to open us up to something more. And I think this is exactly how Christ works, uh, through attraction. Um, and all we need to do is follow the little children, to your point, because they, they understand this just intuitively. In the eyes of this child, in the still of the night, his life proclaiming love. Over all mankind What beauty lies within What beauty lies within All right, Kellen, um, so there ways that other folks can experience the joy of um, these little evangelists among us. Um, tell us a little bit about ways in which uh, our parishioners can volunteer uh, with the preschool here at Incarnation. Yeah, so um, every other Tuesday morning there will be a chance for a parishioner to sign up um, to lead an activity, whether you want to read a book or do a craft or um, play a game um, with these preschoolers, you'll be able to pick your activity and sign up and facilitate that activity with these 25 delightful um, humans. I promise you that if you do this, you will laugh. Um, <laughs> you will be delighted. You will see beauty, and you'll probably see Christ, too. So I'd encourage you to sign up. You can do that on our weekly update. If you have questions, let me know. How come love simpler when I could barely stand? Worrying was harder when I had to hold your hand. Cause my two feet hadn't yet learned how to walk. 
believe that everything you told me would come out true. Love is patient. Love is kind. Callan, you are preaching this coming Sunday on the uh, fifth Sunday of Easter, and our gospel reading comes from the 14th chapter of John, and the first part of that reading is a familiar uh, passage, uh, which is read uh, at the burial rite uh, in the Episcopal Church. It's where Jesus is uh, telling his disciples that in, in, in his Father's house there are many dwelling places and that he is going ahead to prepare a place for them. Uh, The gospel reading then kind of moves on a bit, and you hear Philip say, Lord, show us the Father and we'll be satisfied. And Jesus, if maybe even a bit indignant, says, have you been with me all this time um, and you still don't know me? Uh, And pointing out that those, uh, that people that have seen him have seen his Father uh, in heaven because he does the will of the Father. So that's our gospel um, reading uh, this coming Sunday. I haven't preached in a month, Bentley. I'm not sure I can still do it. That means it's going to be a fastball down the middle, doesn't it, Kellen? (laughs) Or like a a really like wonky. (laughs) I believe in you. I think you certainly can do it. What are you kind of thinking on? Uh, What are you thinking about? What are you considering for this coming Sunday? Mm, I'm not sure yet, to be honest, but... I um, I did want to talk about your love of Philip's question. You know, Lord, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Bentley, like, quotes this scripture text a fair amount, just maybe more than other ones. So really? It's a strange one to have. <laughs> I agree. That's um, why I need to kind of point it out to people, like, Uh, We need to have a discussion, like, why this text? Like, why are you drawn to Philip's question and and Jesus's sort of rebuke of Philip here? Well, Philip's question, I think, reveals something about the human condition. That he would have spent his days with Jesus and still kind of lack something or, or, or feel as though he's lacking something Um, that leaves him unsatisfied is telling. Um, You know, I think one of the the things that this piece of scripture has me consider is what would be required in my life uh, for me to be satisfied? What would be required? What conditions would need to be met in your life uh, for you to be satisfied with whatever you have in the moment? There's a kind of restlessness to modernity. Uh, turns out there's a restlessness to the human soul that goes all the way back to, to Antiquity. <laughs> yeah. But I think, as Rowan Williams points out, one of the hardest things in life is to be exactly where we are. Um, and I think that's true for Philip in this instance. He's with the word incarnate, and he still is restless Uh, still is hoping for something more. He's not satisfied. And I just, I think we would all do well to take a couple steps back and ask ourselves, what would we need in order to be satisfied? So I think I'm struggling with um, Jesus's rebuke of Philip here. 
because I am to your point, like understand Philip's question. Like I understand that longing, the desire, the hope of satisfaction. Um, and I think Philip here is like, in some ways he gets it sort of right. (laughs) You know, Augustine said, our hearts will be restless until they rest in you, God, right? Um, so there's this longing on Philip's part to see the father, to know the father. And I don't think we should be too quick to scold Philip for that, though, He's obviously missing um, a big piece of revelation who is standing right in front of him. Um, So I'm feeling convicted by Philip. Um, I'm feeling like, man, if if Philip can't be satisfied (laughs) and we live in a post resurrection world where uh, Christ's presence is offered to us through the spirit um, not not his bodily appearance as Philip had it like wow like, it's going to be hard for me to be satisfied too um, but I do I really appreciate his question. I appreciate your sort of interpretation of it. I think we we are often so very not satisfied. And, you know, I could talk about <laughs> thoughts about expectations and desire and um, but I I think I need it to like read my life before I can say much more about it. Like how often am I not satisfied by life? So often. How often am I like just wanting more, expecting more, hoping for something different? Yeah, too often. Augustine's words were on my heart as well as I was thinking about this passage. Um, and the kind of insatiability of the human soul. And I think you are right to point out that Philip's question is directed in the right, in the right way. Um, because ultimately, if we're ever going to be satisfied, that satisfaction is going to be found in our rest in the Lord. Um, and as long as we're chasing after all these other things, if I only had this, if this was the case, or if if I could finally achieve this goal, then I'd be satisfied. Well, uh, it turns out that none of those things will ultimately satisfy our souls. Um, but what will is our union and presence with God. Um, and maybe it's fair enough, I think, to say at the moment I'm not satisfied but I long for union with God in Christ. Um, and what, what needs to happen in order for that kind of union uh, to be realized? Um, so I agree, Kellen. I think Philip's asking the right kind of question. He's missing um, what's standing right before him, but um, he's directed, his heart is kind of directed 
toward a good end. Um, but it's a question that I think I, I want to ponder this week as we anticipate Sunday morning is, am I satisfied and, and what more would God need to show me in order to be fully satisfied? I think, I mean, you ask how um, this union can be realized, but like, isn't it already realized? Like, aren't we just not aware of it? And so maybe the question is like, how do we become attentive to the reality that we have been united to God through Christ? I got peace like a river, I got peace like a river, I got peace like a river in my soul. I got peace like a river, I got peace like a river, I got peace like a river in my soul. I got joy like a fountain, I got joy like a fountain, I got joy like a fountain in my soul. I got joy like a fountain, I got joy like a Here's a prayer from St. Anselm. Lord, you speak in my heart and say, Seek my face. Your face, Lord, will I seek. Hide not your face from me. Raise me up from myself and draw me to you. Cleanse, heal, quicken, enlighten the eye of my mind that it may look to you. Strengthen my soul that with all the power of my understanding it may strive to know you. For you are life and wisdom, truth and beauty, and everything that is good. Amen. It was so good being with you all, podcast fam. Um, We are taking a little break from education during this Easter season, but there are are all sorts of other ways to plug into the life of this faith community. Any number of ways, Kellen. We would love to see you all uh, in the morning for morning prayer at 8.30 in the chapel. Additionally, we have a Holy Eucharist with healing prayers on Wednesdays at noon, a Bible study on Tuesdays at 10.30, the book group at when, on Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Um, and of course, worship on Sunday morning at 8 o'clock and 10.30. So we look forward to seeing you all in the flesh sometime uh, very, very, very soon. Maybe even tomorrow morning. In the meantime, we love you. We miss you. God's peace. God's peace.